Yeah, so I really appreciate the prayers for the children. You hardly ever hear me pray because I'm really listening to everybody. And sometimes even now and then I have to turn and like, who is that? Who's praying? You know, God is so happy with us. And it's so important that when we come here today that we know that God's happy with us. And that children do bring joy. And what makes God happy is when his children come together. When you're, all my children come together in the home, I'm really happy. One comes home, I'm happy. But when all my children and my grandchildren come home, I'm really happy. And the prayer for the generations, that's the mind of God right now. That's the mindset of God. We should always be thinking about the next generation. And so I bless those prayers. And I, Lord, let us catch them. Let us catch the joy that was in those prayers. Let us catch the truth in us, Lord. It's written on our heart. Let's catch that generational heartbeat because that's who we are. God wants us to leave something for the next generation and bless these teachers. Look at these teachers. All they can think about is pouring their lives out. My, my husband's grandmother taught Sunday school and you could say it was, well, she was just a farmer's wife. They lived in Alberta. They had about 260 acres or something. But you know, you can look at her life and say, well, she didn't travel the world. She wasn't highly educated. All she did was Sunday school. And out of that Sunday school came a, a teacher of theology at the university in Alberta, came forth missionaries, pastors, teachers of, of doctrine of Christ, the good news. Like what came out of her giving her life? And so don't ever think that what you're doing doesn't affect the world. You affect your neighbor. If you have a neighbor coming over that doesn't have family to look after them after school, you're affecting that person's whole future. I had that person in my life. You're affecting people. You're, even your smile's affecting people. So don't, don't minimize the things like, like joy. Joy is really important in God's eyes. And we're here to remember God. It's Remembrance Day weekend. We're remembering those that gave their lives. Let us always remember the price that Jesus paid, the sacrifice of love, that he went to the cross for us. Let us always remember our first love because we get so busy and we have so many distractions and so many things come against us that you can actually move away from your first love and become very knowledgeable about all the knowledge and information of what's wrong in the world what's wrong in your relationships what's wrong in the church and you've just moved off center of your first love and God says, I'm committed to love you. And so when we show up here every Sunday, we're showing up as the family of God. We're saying, I'm committed to love you. Here I am. He already first loved us. We're just giving a little piece back, right? And so remember God. Remember that when we're here as one, we're all broken pieces. That's why I have this scripture up here. Lamentations 3, 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So today, it has not stopped. His love is unstoppable. Unstoppable love. Whatever season you're in, whatever valley you are in. Think of Psalm 23. You know, he guides us on the path of righteousness for his name's sake, and then all of a sudden, the person's in a valley. Did God lead them there? He leads us out of the wilderness. He led Jesus into the wilderness. See, we can blame people for our wilderness. We can blame ourselves. We can blame God, but he leads us because there's something he wants to get out of us, and it's Christ in us. There's something he wants to come to the light. Do not fear. So last week we broke legal rights to fear because fear has no legal right because fear will actually try to cast out love. 
So whatever we're afraid of in this season, if you're afraid of the government, if you're afraid of, of health issues, whatever you're afraid of can actually resist the love of God. So we've got to actually come and give fear no legal right. We've got to break all the agreements with it. And how do you know? It'll keep you stuck. It'll keep you in the wilderness. It'll keep you going around the same thing. And your love, your first love, will just kind of diminish a little bit. And so his steadfast love is new every morning. It never ceases. It fails not. His mercies and his compassions never come to an end. God has compassion for you today. He has mercy for you that triumphs over judgment. You come into his throne room. You have a foot on earth and you have a foot in heaven. Your spirit's in heaven. You are supernatural. You're a supernatural daughter or son of God. And so you come into the throne room. His mercy's new every morning. You receive it. I just received mercy today. Why? So I don't judge myself. I don't judge those around me. And I don't judge the church. And then if I start just with that, don't judge my family, then it's going to go out to the earth. And then what's going to happen is mercy truly will triumph over judgment because we'll be a people of mercy that's new every morning, and our tongues will speak mercy. So God, whenever God comes to you, when I first started hearing God, um, I would have the absolute worst thinking attitude ever. And then my husband would sit there and hear God, and it would be the nicest, kindest word you've ever heard. And I would be, I absolutely, 100% do not deserve that word because we don't. It's a gift. It's how good he is. There's a divine exchange there. Jesus paid the price and he only says good things to us. We said, we said our hearts longing for your glory, Lord. We're singing the very thing that God wants. The glory of God is you fully alive. We're singing what he desires, what he wants. He's adorned us with his glory. He wants us to know that, that we are the, we are the one and only with the Father. We are one and only with Jesus. We have one God, and we're begotten of God, just like Jesus, and we're adorned with his glory. Moses said, show me your glory, and God showed him his goodness. Today, there isn't a person in here that cannot experience God's goodness today. We have a conf this is hope, a confident expectation of the goodness of God. Not tomorrow, today. Today. If you've had a whole wilderness of disappointments, say today, I expect your goodness today, God. I expect your kindness today. I have a confident expectation. Because the God of hope lives in you. Christ in you is your hope of glory. The future looks good. The thoughts for the future are good, no matter what has happened to you, no matter what has come, well, no matter what, if you're in a wilderness, no matter what, how the enemy has come, your past does not define you. Today, when you hear his goodness, when you hear his voice, he defines you, and he's refining us with his word. So it's really important to hear his word. And so his compassions are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. That's how we started off the year. He said, I am faithful. You see, like sometimes we don't believe or we don't trust. I just pray right back to God. I believe, help my doubt and unbelief. I trust you. I want to trust you more tomorrow than I do today because it's an anointing of trust. He believes. So you see, God believes. He always says, just believe, only believe. And so our whole walk is a seed of faith that's growing in us to believe who he is and who we are. So we're remembering God today. And don't forget his word. 
I really feel like this is a back to basics time. His word is so, so important because we can walk with the element of his word, but we have to immerse yourself in his word. His word's written on your heart. You're an epistle of Christ. He's given you a new heart and a new spirit. And Holy Spirit comes to that place so the word comes alive in you. You become that living word. You become living mercy. You become living compassion. The life of Christ in you. I felt like God said today, release the river. So today, Lord, Holy Spirit, release the river. Release the river in all of us the abundant life that's in us, that we're not looking for it, crying out for it, but we have a revelation that life's in us, Christ in us, resurrection life. But remember the crucifixion. Remember the blood that was shed. Remember the sacrifice of love every day. This will keep you in your first love. This will keep you in your first love. There's nothing wrong with looking at the cross. Sometimes we're taught, uh, that, that's a, okay, I don't want to offend Catholics, but they'll say that's a Catholic thing. But you know what? Remember both. Remember the cross, remember the burial, remember the resurrection, because you've been co-crucified, you've been co-buried, you've been co-resurrected, you have co-ascended. You are one with God, he's made you one. We have two hearts are one. We've been made one in God. And so every reward that he wants to give, every piece of his character and his nature, his way, his power, authority, he is continually giving us. We are called by his name. How do you like that? Christ is your middle name. Try it out. Speak it out. Declare it. Christ is your middle name. You're called by his name. You have the family name. You're born of God. You're born of heaven. You're born of his spirit. You are his seed. Now, bless that to the next generation. Be like Abraham. Say, God, I am so blessed. My generations are going to be blessed for me. I'm not trying to get a blessing. I'm not looking for a blessing. I'm not crying for a blessing. I'm not seeing lack. I'm declaring I am the blessing in my family. I'm blessed to be a blessing. That's who you are. Whatever amount. We don't compare each other, right? No matter what you're going through. That doesn't determine if you're blessed or not. What determines you're blessed is your father. You're born of your father. You're born of heaven. You're born of his spirit. So everything is about, he is so committed to us. He's so committed to love us. He's so committed to intimacy with us. He's so committed to share his heart. He's so committed to give gifts every day that every time he talks to you, his word's like silver. His, his word always redeems us. His word always redeems us. He's all, he has saved us, he is saving us, and he will fully save us. For me, he's saving me from myself. He's saving me from my thoughts and the strongholds of my mind. I'm a holy living sacrifice, here I am, but there's strongholds in my mind. My mind has to be renewed. So it's not conformed to the world, it's not conformed to philosophy. It's not conformed to another Jesus, another gospel. There's only one gospel, and it's good news, and it's already happened. That's why it's news. And it's the power of God unto salvation. That's where he speaks from. He speaks saving words, redeeming words. We think we're in the toilet. We think what's wrong with us. He says, I've given you a new heart. And we look at the Old Testament scriptures, and we say, oh, deceitful above all things. I better search it. God's going, I've already done it. What are you doing? I've healed my people from the fall. Jesus is the last Adam. We don't go back to fix our hearts. He's made us righteous. He's made us clean. He's made us innocent. We just 
brought a suitcase of stupid thoughts, and they can even be strongholds. And so he's the stronger one. That's why when we bow down and we surrender and we say, here I am, the strong one can come in and change our mind about how we see him, how we see ourselves, how we see our family, how we see the church. So we can speak redeeming words. Hey, wait a minute. I'm struggling with this, but this is what you say. This looks like my reality, but the greater reality is the truth. Jesus is the way. It's a better covenant. It's not a shadow anymore. He was in heaven, and he was the shadow from heaven. And all they could look at was the shadow. We see him face to face. Why? Because we talk to him. His presence is face to face. So we're, every one of us here is face to face because we can hear God, and we hear with our hearts. We don't hear with our heads. In the Old Testament, they heard with their heads. God to them. They had all the word. Wonderful. How'd that work for them? They died in doubt and unbelief. They rejected the Messiah. Love stood in front of them. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world decided before the world was formed. Here was their Messiah. Here was their answer. And they, all that word, and they couldn't recognize love. They couldn't recognize a new covenant man. They couldn't recognize a man of grace. And yet he still died for his people. Remember the cross. I just feel like that's really important right now. Really, really important. Remember his shed blood. Remember him. He paid the price so we don't live like an old man. The old man's been crucified. The old man's dead. Sometimes I've even prophesied over people and 50 bullets in his head, which is God speaking to me. Stop it. Stop thinking like that. Stop thinking like an Old Testament person. You're not. This is finished. You live from rest. You live from rest. It's finished. Let him rest. Let Holy Spirit do this at home. Holy Spirit, you're brooding on my, on my life. Spirit of the Lord, you're brooding right here. Jesus said, you know, foxes have holes and birds have nests. I have nowhere to lay my head. Right here, Jesus. Jesus Christ is my head and I'm the body. We're the body, but he's our head. There's no other authority. There's no other headship. Spirit of the Lord, there's liberty. But the Spirit of the Lord has to be the Spirit of the Lord in your life. But you'll have liberty from strongholds, from thoughts, from things that aren't living, dead ways. That's the old man. He's dead. Let him stay dead. You know a dead man? Shame doesn't destroy him if you're shamed. Persecution doesn't destroy him because you're dead. So I'm alive now. I'm living. Death cannot destroy life. Death cannot destroy you. Persecution, gossip, whatever people are saying about you, whatever people believe about you, cannot destroy you because you have resurrection life in you. Jesus cannot be destroyed. Where does he live? Well, he calls your house his abode, his dwelling place. He says, I live and move and have my being in you. Why are you letting that determine and define you? I define you. I determine who you are. I died for you. I'm restoring your original design. I'm restoring your original identity from before the fall. You forgot who you were. So every day when I speak to you, I'm reminding you of who you really are. So every day we need to hear God because he's telling us who we really are. 
And he'll say things like precious and wonderful. And he's happy with you. And he's rejoicing over you. And he's proud of you. And he, said, he talks like a father, the words that we've never heard. Because he's not absent. He's with us. He's not apathetic. He's not doing his own thing. He's not busy with life. He's not abusive. You know, we all have that in our bloodlines, right? A little bit. We didn't have perfect mom and dads. But then God says, honor your mom and dad because he didn't come into your bloodline to destroy your mom and dad and so they, they destroy you in any way. Or there's favorit- it could be something as simple as favoritism or they were just too busy or it wasn't good enough so you worked at being the best, doing it really good Like, I have to be the best. I have to do it good. Trying to earn their love. Those days are over. We don't earn God's love. It's lavishly given. He first loves us. What do we do for it? Nothing. You were born. Let him love you every day. Let him love you. Let him love you. Let him love you. Journal, journal. Seek him. Seek him and he will be found. He's in you. He's with you. He's in your mouth. We can't teach anybody to know God. No no one preaching can teach you to know God. No hundred books. He knows you. And he just wants to share your life. He wants you to know him. I am not following any of my notes. Jesus, help me. First one. Oh, Jesus, help me. Um... So focus on the cross. Don't forget, always remember the price that was paid. And and the price that he paid was to make us sons and daughters, to reconcile us to our Father. The weapons of our warfare are that we are the family of God. See, the weapons of some families are, (laughs) let's destroy each other. (laughs) But the weapons of warfare for one father are we are the family of God. And so he takes the broken family and he brings all the broken pieces together. And it's our brokenness where the unity comes of Holy Spirit because we're admitting we're broken. We're admitting we need compassion. We need mercy every morning. We're admitting we need to give mercy to other people that are broken. And he goes, I'm going to make one loaf out of this, one body, but I need everybody to come with their brokenness. It means you can't fake it till you make it. (laughs) He's shaking everything that's broken in us not to destroy you, but because he wants to come in there and love you where you should have been loved. You should have been loved there. You should have been comforted. You should have been known. You should have been heard. You should have been seen. He's breaking all the broken, taking all the broken pieces so everybody in this room, we all know we belong. We have one daddy, one father above all, in all, through all. So he's healing those places. Lord, where are you going? Okay. Great is his faithfulness. That was from January 1st. So wherever things are falling apart and you don't even have faith for it, like it has not changed. Shout it. We were singing it. Shout it. Shout it. Great is your faithfulness. I believe no matter what I see in the natural, 
No matter what I hear or know in the natural, that is not my reality. Heaven supersedes. Heaven is my reality. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my heart as it is in heaven. Do you know what heaven does? Heaven plunders hell. So if there's any agreement in hell in me, it means not to see. It's a blind place. It's a dark place. It means I don't see myself the way I should. I don't see my husband the way I should. I don't see God the way I should. I don't see the church the way I should. And when we, when we don't let God into our heart, we come, become like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I know what's right. It's a tree of knowledge. I've got all the knowledge. I've got all the information. It's a tree of knowledge. I know, I know, I know. There's no intimacy there. God will not meet you there. He's not into anybody's knowledge or information. In the least, not at all. Know him. Tree of right and wrong and good and evil. So I know what's right, I know what's wrong, I know who's good, and I know who's evil. You eat of that tree, you die. The other person will probably live forever and have blessings and rewards, and oh, they'll have answered prayer. Oh. <laughs> and you'll be like, what the heck? I was really right about what's wrong with them. But that person that had something really wrong with them said, here's my heart, here's my heart, help. Help me, here's my heart. I bow down, I surrender, I need you. You're the only answer, you're the only promise. I don't even want an event, I don't even want an answer, I don't even want a God to do something. I just want the one who's the promise to live in me. Just live in me, just live in me. You're the promise, you're the promise. So that's where we are. So remember the cross and then remember the resurrection because the resurrection is resurrection life of Holy Spirit in you. You've been raised from the dead. You could not do it. Try dying to yourself. Won't work. You can't die to yourself. Jesus comes and goes, I'm going to give you some life right there. It's dead and you didn't even know it. I'm going to give you some resurrection life. I'm going to give you something that's going to make you wake up because you've been asleep there, but I'm going to wake you up. And sometimes it's a shaking to an awakening. And we don't like shakings. But God says, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken, that what remains cannot be shaken, that my people are left standing upon Christ the solid rock. So all the circumstances and everything that surrounds you, all the situations, cannot shake the unmovable Christ in you. He cannot be defeated. He's good. So this is what your prayer group should be about. Not crying out for something to change, crying out for who he is. This is who you are. This is who you are. You are worthy of all praise because you've done this and we are speaking it. The word has the power to create every word of life, if it's life. God watches over it to accomplish it because he put it in you, it's being sent out, and he's watching over it to perform it. He's trusting that the word that he wrote on your heart by his spirit will become alive and living. It'll be like a sword. So there's this trusting where we have to agree with heaven. So we're letting him expose all the places that, where we believe the lies of who you're not. You believe who you're not. And we're letting those go so that we can say, I am who I am by the grace of God, like Paul, I am who I am. I'll be a different person tomorrow. I'll be a different person five years from now. But right now, I'm okay with who I am because this is where I am. I don't know if I got one little branch hanging out, one little leaf. I don't know. 
But all I know is I'm going to enjoy God, enjoy the life that he's given me, and not fight for everything to change when he's already changed everything. So that's rest. We pray from rest. I'm just going to have to miss the mix. Next one. So there's a prophetic spirit in this house. There's a spirit of prophecy. I'm telling you, you can't stop God's voice because it's life. You can't stop life. Try stopping a river. Go out there and try to stop a river and see if that works for you. Because all he just keeps giving love, life, 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 every day, every day, every day. He speaks life. He is life. The earth is full of life. And so because of the prophetic spirit in this house, there's dreams, there's visions, there's prophecy. But it's increasing because you can't control God. God cannot be controlled. He cannot be limited he only brings increase. Like for the generations, when we pray for the generations, it increases every generation. What you've got, whether it's for spiritual or natural sons and daughters, will increase in them. You haven't missed anything. You haven't lacked anything. You're giving, you're giving, you're giving, and God will watch over that, and he will multiply it. Because you stood, a man stood, a man stood. Read the scriptures. It's always about a man who stood, or a woman. Somebody stood and says, it stops with me. I'm leaving a generational inheritance. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless, I bless the generational inheritance you leave in the earth. I bless your legacy. I bless your voice. I bless your heart to multiply because it's for others. It's for others. It's for others. Wow. So I'm going to ask, <clears throat> I'm going to ask Nina to share from where she is, because I'm not always a meanie. And uh, Nina has um, a prophetic vision dream. She'll just share it. And just listen, because what it does is it's a testimony of Jesus Christ. And what God does is when we say, yes, God, I believe you're in that. Yes, God, there's something in there for me then God can multiply that in you. He, mul he activates your prophetic spirit. Some people speak, some people see, some people, some people have dreams, some people have visions. But Lord, I'm expecting your prophetic spirit to increase in this house because God, you speak and life happens. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for a greater measure. In Jesus' name. Okay. <laughs> this, this is not my favorite thing to do in church, but the Lord <laughs> is saying, yes, you are. <laughs> so this is obedience. And I thank God for my husband who holds me and holds the mic while I read. <laughs> anyway, before I wrote a word to my sister, which um, the Lord totally inspired me to do, this is a short little testimony to glorify my Savior, Jesus Christ. I have a very good friend and sister in Christ in Chatham, Ontario. I call her my sister because we truly are. We met in Cabo a few years ago, and the friendship continued throughout the years. She sends me devotionals every day, which are very inspirational. So one evening she shared how the Lord healed her brain of negative beliefs about Jesus. A statement as he is mine and I am his, she could never believe it. She never completely believed these words until she saw and felt her brain 
being unraveled like a ribbon and a ribbon, a ribbon, and the more it unraveled, the more clarity she had. So once she read those words again, he is mine and I am his, it was real. It was so real to her. I never got back to her until this happened on Saturday night. And on Sunday, it was like, I want the same thing to happen to me. You know how you think the Lord did something for someone and you want the same thing to happen. And um, I prayed for her all day, working outside, enjoying what I really enjoy better than this. <laughs> Give me a shovel, a lawnmower, anything. I'd rather be out there. But anyhow, uh, Monday morning, I had such an urgency to spend time with the Lord. I read some scriptures, then was inspired to write to my friend, and this is what Holy Spirit gave me. And I started it off November 6, 23, to Grace, that, that is her name. He is revealing new truths as the unraveling happens in your brain. I see the ribbon taken up into the heavens and turning into a silver river coming back to you for ministry. My child, walk with confidence and no fear. Sweet music will flow. Jesus wraps the silver ribbon of love around you to minister empathy and compassion. When the Lord gave me these words, I could hardly even control, <laughs> I could hardly even control my pen. I was sobbing so hard because when Holy Spirit hits me, it's so powerful. That's why my husband has to hold me. <laughs> so it really ministered to her and it ministered to me and we both cried when, it, when I finished reading it to her. But as we continued chatting, I said to her, you know, the scriptures that I was reading, I just needed her to clarify a few things for me. I said, do you understand these words? And it was from Matthew 24, to do with the Jewish people and the coming of the Lord, which I totally believe in. And uh, I said, but I just don't get this part. And she says, she starts laughing. She says, Nina, our pastor preached on that yesterday. So she explained the whole thing to me. She says, I'd never had clarity about that either. So she, um, you know, having God moments with your friends is amazing. You know, you, you just share God and it just makes my day and I can go along and sing and never ever forget, invite Holy Spirit into everything that you do. Our little young lady here gave a testimony in the summertime, Sophia, and um, when she said how Holy Spirit showed her that she needed to invite him into every area, everything that she did, and what it, it stirred in my heart is that sometimes when you walk with the Lord for many, many years, you kind of take it for granted. Well, he promises he will never leave me nor forsake me. He's always with me. But the thing is, is that when I started inviting him into every situation that I'm in, everything that I want to do, I find a commune with him and I talk with him. And he's like here all the time. So excuse me if I shake, but this was <laughs> this is my word. <laughs> and thank you, Marg, for thank you. stirring me yeah. and uh, yeah. getting me to do this. Well, Holy Spirit did, and yeah. um, 
Thank you, husband. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Nina. We bless, we bless that to multiply. I was listening to Nina share this story. She was sharing it with me on the phone. And what happened is I actually started to enter into the vision. And the first time that happened with me was with Bruce. He, was, he says, I have a story. And then, so I just, okay. And this is the way that he told it. I actually entered into everything that he was saying and had my own experience with every person that he named in the story. And so that was a new gift that was given to me. And it was a gift that Bruce carries. The gift of story, but it's a, it's a Christ story. There's something about God in that story. And so when, when Nina was sharing um, this story, I saw the ribbon and I saw myself like... I used to use my mom's typewriter and it had a black ribbon and I get that black all over my hands and try to put that ribbon in and this really dates how old I am. So most of you probably wouldn't even know about that. But, but and I started, I went into that vision while she was talking and I'm trying to do this thing with the black ribbon and all of a sudden it just turned into the red ribbon that she talked about, the unraveling that came out of this woman's brain and it turned into a red ribbon but on that red ribbon was written white words and it was like, it was like God, and then I started singing a prophetic song. I won't sing it because, you know, I make a joyful sound. That's about it. <laughs> God's saving you guys. But I went into this prophetic song about the Red River Valley and about how the blood is being, that Jesus on the cross, his blood dropped off his body onto the ground of the Kootenays and onto the ground of your heart for the bride. He birthed the bride in the Kootenays when he shed his blood. Like, like first Adam did, he opened up his side and he he birthed Eve. Well, Jesus birthed the bride from his side, blood and water. And I just started prophetically singing about this Red River Valley and about the blood being poured out on this Kootenays and that the land is blessed and the land is redeemed and the people are redeemed. All the people are redeemed, no matter what they're doing, no matter what they're doing. They are redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And I saw the white, the white words like turned into silver and I saw the silver word of God, every word redeeming. That God is, you are, you are the generation that's going to know every redeemed word and you're going to give every redeemed word because it's been poured out. Which is, it's just a revelation right now, that's all. He's already done it. But to actually see it, to taste and see how good God is, he's poured out his blood, he's poured out his water, he's birthed his bride, and he's waiting for his bride with her womb of mercy to birth sons and daughters of grace. We are a new covenant people. And I saw that those words turn into snow. Because just think about it, there's no two snowflakes alike. There's no two words from God that'll ever be the same. They'll always be a little bit different. And they're, they're, just think of how long it snowed, 2,000 years. Just think of all the countries. So there's no two people alike. We all hear God differently. But I just saw the valley with snow, and I saw the season look dormant. Sometimes your season looks dormant. Nothing's happening. But God says, in the dormancy, there's, the snow is going to the roots, and the blood is going to the roots. And Remember the cross. Remember the shed blood. His blood is going to your roots. That's all you need to know because your heart's open, your mouth's open, you're tasting and you're expecting to see the goodness of God. 
You're expecting hope because you have a confident expectation. And I saw the blood and I saw the, the snow and I saw it casting out fear. Last week, we renounced the legal right to fear. And I just saw the love of God casting out all fear because we've been not given a spirit of fear. But it is so easy to walk in that and it casts out love. So that's why we renounced the legal right to fear. And we broke every agreement with it. Because we're not going to live afraid. We're going to live loved. And so I really believe that that ribbon in our mind starts with our mindset. But it's what your heart believes. It's what your heart believes. He wants to renew our hearts. He wants to renew our minds today. He wants to give us his mindset. This woman that couldn't say, you have to say it with everything that's in you. You have to believe it in front of anybody that would laugh at you anybody that would mock you, anybody that wouldn't believe that's really what you think, he is mine and I am his. He is mine and I am his. If that comes out of your mouth like sawdust, I can tell you over the years there's lots of things that came out of my mouth like sawdust. And I was like, wow, I really don't believe that. (laughs) But I was like, okay, it's pretty obvious I don't believe that. So God, here I am. This is the greater reality. This is the truth that you want me to believe. Only you can touch my heart. Only you can touch my mind. You renew my heart to believe new things. You renew my mind. You give me the mindset of heaven, the mind of Christ, the mind of life and peace. It's my portion. I expect it. I'm not trying to do it. It's already written in my DNA. We have the DNA of our Father, divine nature activation, because we're always exchanging the things that aren't divine. We're exchanging the mourning, because joy has come. He's little children. He rejoices over us. Have a little dance with him. Ask him what song is he singing over you. That casts out mourning. It starts to make your very DNA come alive. Your body actually starts to rejoice. He is mine, and I am his. I am his first. He always does everything first. I am his. He's saying, saying, Margaret, you're mine, and then I I respond, and you are mine. There's a song, the bride and the bridegroom. There's a song that's going to come and worship. It's worship. This next move of God is worship and children and children. Listen to the kids prophesy. The kids are prophesying all the time in here. You just got to listen to them. Don't miss what they're saying. So where are we going to go with this? So the word of God is so important. And so we pick up the word of God and we're like, well, I'm not going to believe this because I don't believe that. How about you just pick it up and say, spirit of truth, reveal to me the truth. That's all you need. Spirit of truth, that's all you need. Because people can decide, I don't believe any of this. Okay, fine. But you know, the whole book is about Jesus from front to back. It's a love story. You've got to, where the ugly stuff is, you've got to find, okay, God, where were you in that? And was that just how your people saw you? Or were you trying to tell them who you were and they just saw you as a wrathful, angry God and they didn't know you as Father? He had to send his son between the Old and the New Testament because they didn't know a good daddy. And so the only way I can do that is send my son. They don't know what I would do for them. They don't know the price that I paid for them. They don't know I see them as sons and daughters. And the only way they're going to know is if I send my son. Even that didn't really work. 
So we have to say, we want to see Jesus, because when we see Jesus, we see ourselves. We know who we are. So Jesus, we want to see you. We thank you that you open up the eyes of our understanding. Wherever our eyes are closed, we want to see you. Because when we see you, we see the Father. You see, there's, there's lots of fear. There's storms. Jesus didn't listen to his disciples. They were fishermen. They said, Jesus, we're fishermen. You're not. Don't go. And Jesus was, I listened to my Father. I'm going. I'm going to the other side. I stand on what he said. He said to go the other side. Sometimes when people are waiting for something from me, I won't answer. Because I already heard God. And I'm not going to get off what I heard God say. I'm not saying I hear God right all the time. The, the hardest person for interpretation is yourself. It's really easy to prophesy over people. Because you're not responsible to go up the mountain with that word. They are. They're the ones that have to go to God and say, whatever does this mean? And then God builds on that. He could build on that word for 10 or 20 years and add to it and make the picture bigger. It's for yourself that's the hardest to hear. So thank you, God, for your prophetic spirit in this house. But Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our minds, that where we can't believe how much you love us, that, Lord, we're going to bow down and surrender, and we're going to let go of the mindsets that we don't even know are there. They're strongholds. We're, wherever we're deceived, I mean, no one's going to get up here and say, well, I'm deceived. No, we're going to say, okay, God, wherever I'm deceived, here's my heart, here's my mind, here I am. Wherever I'm blind and I don't see, do you think the Sadducees and the Pharisees knew they were blind? No. Just thought they were right. They had the word of God. They just thought, we're right. And so we got to give God permission, and that's that surrender. I'm going to let go of everything that I need to let go of. And so that's, uh, that's the season we're in. So last week we did um, a thing on... We did a thing on fear. And this week, I really believe it's control because we control our mind. We control our thoughts with whatever we already believe. And so we look in the Bible for what we already believe because I already believe it. But God wants to change our mind all the time. So I believe like even this woman that couldn't believe those words, she, her head probably knew it, but her heart didn't burst with it. it did, she didn't come alive. He loves me, he loves me, he loves me. His desire is for me. This is Song of Songs. His desire is for me and my desire is for him. You're a, you're a magnet to God. He's like waiting for one glance of your eyes. He's not waiting for who prays the best. <laughs> He's looking for one glance of your eyes, just one turn and looking at him. We look to Jesus every morning. The sun rises every morning. Jesus rises in our heart every morning. It's a new day every morning. So we can see Jesus in a new way, and when we see Jesus in a new way, because he makes a new day, we see ourselves in a new way, and we see other people in a new way. So if you'd like to, I would like us to pray to, rena to renounce every legal right of control, because control keeps us small. Control keeps us limited. There's no fear in praying these prayers. You're praying to God. You're not praying to me. You're not praying to what I believe. You're praying to Almighty God. You're saying, here's my heart. Spirit of truth, come. Reveal the truth to me. And I renounce any way, any place where my thoughts have become limited or small, or I've made you small, I've made myself small, I've made the church small, I've made the cross small, 
I've made the resurrection small. So let's pray, th- let's pray this, this scripture, this word here. You can pray it with me. I renounce every legal right control to exist. I come out of every agreement with every lying word, every lying spirit, and all the cohorts of control. I come into agreement with the authority of God's word and Holy Spirit of truth. I say yes to your anointing of trust. I surrender to you, Lord God Almighty. I trust your love, Father. Thank you, Lord. See, that's an open door. That's a landing place for God. See, we've made space. We've made room for him wherever we bought a lie. So now when you read the word, it's not going to be, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's a good word. Uh-huh. It's going to be, oh, that's going to be, wow. Wow. Your spirit's just going to come alive. He really loves me that much. So, Father, I thank you for your children and that you delight in your children. And Jesus, you delighted them before the world began. <laughs> before we even knew to be delighted and you were delighting in us. So Lord, we even welcome that revelation to come to us, that you are happy with us, that you paid the price, Jesus, that we belong to your family, Father, because you are our Father and there is no other. You are one and only. We bless your authority of life, Lord. Wherever authority has been a fearful thing or a controlling thing, I thank you that you break those chains and shackles and that authority is about giving life. And Lord, that we recognize your life that you're pouring out and we honor your authority. And we just say, yes, we want to be the receiving place of what you're pouring out. You're giving yourself. All we want is you because all you want is us. So may you be blessed with this quiver full of sons and daughters. May it overflow. Blessed is the Father whose quiver is full of sons and daughters. So we just give angels charge to go to the north, the south, and the east, and the west, and to bring into the account of our Father, the one and only God Almighty. Into your house, Papa, we call forth the sons and the daughters, that you are waiting for them here, Father, that they're going to walk in and live in your house And they're going to know you. They're going to know God because your seed is already in them. So let that seed be activated in this house. And we just bless you to a thousand generations, Father. In Jesus' name.